0: you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. We help you build a thriving creative practice. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. Go to creativepeptalk.com newsletter and subscribe so you never miss an episode, so you can be working to get out of that Sunday dread, dreading Monday rolling around like we're all trying to progress to a place where we look forward to the work that we have to do. I really think people deserve that, and I want to be a part of helping you get that. Okay, let's get into this episode. So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low-calorie Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. So before we get into this episode, I just want to give you a little BTS, not K-pop, but behind the scenes of what inspired this episode. Whenever I make these podcasts, I get really passionate, and really excited, and sometimes I worry, I'm like... I don't want it to come across like I'm like, this is the gospel truth. This is the only way to build a thriving creative practice. I never think of it like that. I always think of it like one part kind of concept creation. Like here's a bunch of ideas. Maybe does any of this help? But more often than not, what this podcast is, is me experiencing something in my creative practice that I am grateful for that I'm glad exists, and when those moments happen and I feel like I had some hand in getting to that place, I kind of feel like this multiverse traveler that wants to go back into the various timelines to past Andy and be like, by the way, there's a really cool thing that will happen if you just do these things. And I just want to go back through time and just share the things that contributed to these kind of outcomes. Or sometimes it's like bad outcomes and I want to travel back and be like, do not do that. And so that's kind of what a lot of episodes are. This episode is one of the ones where something just happened in my creative practice that is a kind of all-time record for me, and I'm so humbled and grateful and excited about it that I was like, I have to go back. I felt like Jack from Lost. I have to go back and tell Pass Andy, these are the things you need to be doing to exist in a timeline where this happens. So this is what happened. Last week, I told you that I just dropped a new YouTube series with Skillshare called Unmaking the Myth. It's a four-part series. Part three came out this week, three of four, and it's all about unmaking the myths of creativity. The the lies or the The untruths are the things that just, you know, needed a pendulum swing in a different direction. Things that are holding creative people back. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I am so proud of this thing. And it is the culmination of so much more. It's the sum of parts that are so much more than me or anything I could do. And and getting to that place was a very Long road with a bunch of specific pieces that were intentional. And in this episode, I want to tell you the four things that I did that led to a place where I could have a breakthrough. In this way. Now we're gonna go back to that, but I do want to just say, go check it out. I am so pumped about this video series. is the culmination of an uh, an enormous journey and a lot of people's really, really hard work. And it is just, I- I'm so humbled to be a part of it. And so I just want to travel back into past. Andy's life and be like, there's this one timeline where you put together these pieces and you make this really cool thing with a bunch of super cool people. And you're going to be so pumped that you exist in that timeline. So here's the four things you got to do to get to a place where you make something that is so beyond what you could do in your own capabilities. Let's do it. So this episode is about not waiting for the talent scout. This is an ongoing theme in our podcast, but I want to add some extra layers, some some new layers that I've learned, some extra tricks in my book, if you will. And it's especially on my mind because not long ago I had a podcast listener, Laura Sanders, who is an illustrator and a comedian, a stand-up comedian invite me to one of her shows here, an outdoor show here in Columbus, Ohio. And it was so, it was so good. I was blown away. Like, uh, you know, 2019, I did, I think six trips to LA every single one. I went to multiple nights of stand-up comedy at the, you know, renowned comedy venues. And I'm telling you everything I saw in that little parking lot field in Columbus, Ohio was as good as the people doing it in LA. I was shocked. It was so good. And Laura, you're awesome if you're listening to this. But she said something that really stuck to me, and it cut me deep. And she was talking about just how, as a creator, that she just wishes that, like, she, you know, one time she's, like, pumping gas, and this talent scout just shows up, and she's discovered an overnight success, and everything changes. And I just want to say, Laura, if you're listening— This whole episode is not me just like giving you a lecture like that's not how it works. Because I know you know that it's not how it works because you produce your own books and you create this very clever, well thought out, super well executed and polished comedy. So I know that you're not sat around waiting for a talent scout, but you hit something that is such... A raw nerve for so many creators, including me. We just want someone to see something in us that we can't see in ourselves and just help us out, man, and just give us a little, you know, boost that we don't have to claw for tooth and nail to achieve, you know, like I so get it. And it just, it it brought up those feelings fresh. And I've been thinking about it ever since. And I, and I wanted to do an episode that just said that trope of the talent scout discovering the singer as, as a waitress or just stumbling upon this, this unearthed creative gem diamond in the rough is so entrenched in our minds. And I have a feeling that if we don't unpack it and divorce ourselves from that fantasy, that we will not live into the opportunities of the reality And it kind of reminds me of this thing that happens all the time with me and my wife, Sophie, where, you know, we're getting ready to go to a movie and kids are going all over the place. And it's just chaos. And we're all focused on ourselves. Like, just get yourself ready. We're in this great time as parents. Our youngest is now six. And so uh, all three of our kids can mostly get ready by themselves. We're all in different parts of the house getting ready, getting ready. And I'm really fast at getting ready. Okay, I think that's probably a dad thing typically. And I get ready and I make sure the kids are ready and I go sit on the bed and I'm just like scrolling on my phone, messing around, looking at the time and I'm like, dude, we're going to miss the trailer. What the heck is going on? I'm like, God, just take it. Just keep it chill, man, and just chill and wait. And, you know, if you miss some of the trailers or even miss part of the movie in the greater scheme of things, it's not a big deal. So I just sit there and I just keep waiting. Right. Then I see, oh, my gosh, we're like two minutes away. From the movie star, if we don't get going now, they're not even gonna let us in. I don't think that ever happens, but dads fear stuff like that. And so I like, you know, kind of grumpily go try to find Sophie, and guess what? She's waiting for me. Has, has that ever happened to you? You're like, I was waiting for you, I was waiting for you, I was, you know, and now you're both mad at each other. And when you're, when you're both waiting for each other, you surely risk missing it all together. And if you're sat around waiting when you should be working towards the thing that you're looking for, you might just miss it all together. You both miss out. And it kind of reminds me of... What happens in these day and age when we're sat around waiting to be discovered, but the talent multipliers, the people that can take us to the next level are waiting for us to discover ourselves. And when we both don't get the memo, we're both at the risk of missing it. Sometimes you ever like go through a period this is silly. Okay. I'm not actually saying this is exactly what happens, but it feels like this. Okay. Uh, Sometimes you go into like seasons, like six month patch No new music, nothing that really lights you up. You're even trying. It's kind of like a dating game where you're dating someone. You're like, I know I'm not into this, but I need some new music (laughs) going through this. And you're sat there just waiting for something to drop to light you up. But guess what's happening? I wonder sometimes, is it because there's some band that would just blow your freaking mind that uploaded their stuff to Spotify and said, all right, now we wait. When really, it's their job to work towards you. And when they finally find you saying, I was waiting for you, I was waiting for you. And you both missed out on a moment. Where are you bands? Okay, it's been a, a dry few months on the new music front. I need something. That's what this whole episode is about. And I wonder if Tom Hanks and Castaway knew that no one was coming from the start. If he knew there was no search party. If he would dare a little more, he would risk a little more, to not just wait for someone to find him, but use the stars and figure out where am I? How do I find myself? How do I risk it all to build a boat, build a raft and just get out there? And if you knew no one is out there looking for you, you'd quit waiting and you'd get to work. And what work do you need to be doing? Let's get into it now. All right, we're gonna do a little math today just to make it memorable, just so you can hang on to this stuff because yes, this is, a, this is one of the things that um, I'm really concerned about is like getting some of the core ideas of this podcast to stick so they're second nature so that when you're down and out, when you're struggling, some of these ideas can just be right there. And so we're gonna use math. My favorite subject, my least favorite subject to talk about this today. So the number one thing, the first thing you got to do is you got to subtract the fantasy. You got to get rid of the fantasy and embrace the reality. I'm going to take you to therapy real quick for a minute. This is something that my therapist has taught me that has been a game changer. And she said, whenever I go, you know, I think I'm going to confront this person or I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to say that to this person. She always just stops me before I do it. And just to ground me in reality and set my expectations into a realistic place, she says, okay, let's talk about both. Let's talk about what's the fantasy of what happens when you tell them this thing. And you go through all the fantasy of what you wish, what you hope. And as you're doing it, you're like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. And then she says, what's the reality of what happens when you say this kind of thing to that person? Because you have no reason to believe that they're going to be different and you expecting them to be different that's you living in a fantasy then that then it's your problem right and i think for creative people we spend so, we're so creative we're so imaginative you know for me there's this thing about how worry is is like having vision for the future a bad future it's imagination right that that anxiety i think a lot of my anxiety comes from i just have too much of a vivid imagination do you ever have this if you're a parent do you have any idea how many times we're like, you know, stood in an in a even semi-dangerous place and my brain just plays out the most heinous accident and I actually physically shudder like, oh, oh my gosh, like it just happened. That's how vivid my imagination is. And I think that imagination, that fantasy can make it so hard to live in reality. There are so many things with my past and my family and my career. And what if it went that way? What if it went that way? I can just picture in my head this amazing reality that will never come to pass. And what happens is when I'm stuck in the fantasy, when I'm in that world, I miss the opportunities in reality. I've been thinking a lot about this, okay, because Instagram has changed. And if you're a visual artist, Instagram was an incredible thing in so many ways. You know, one of the things that I think is really interesting about Instagram that I don't see anybody kind of talking about is Instagram made visual artists actual celebrities in some cases. Like it raised the status of visual artist for a time into everyday households. You know, my neighbor who is a hairdresser, in the Midwest is fans of some of my friends without me ever having told her about these illustrators. Like that is new. That's amazing. That was huge. That's a huge thing. Even if you're not a illustration celebrity, it's still good because a rising tide raises all ships. And so just the fact that illustration went mainstream means that there are more opportunities for everybody. That's a really, really super cool thing. But the thing is, is that... The reality is Instagram is now prioritizing moving pictures, a.k.a. videos. You ever heard of them? Get in the 21st century. Is it the 21st century? I never, I can't keep track of how that works. 20th century i think it's the 21st century here's the thing the algorithm is promoting and rewarding short videos reels pictures that move okay and there's a lot of illustrators that are frustrated because not all illustrators want to get on the internet and talk for an hour or get on youtube and let people see their face not everybody's into that and i get it i respect that for real some of the, my favorite illustrators of all time are quiet people that want to be holed up in their house just drawing under a blanket. That is so romantic to me and I celebrate it. Here's the thing though. The reality is for this moment, Instagram's not gonna go back to how it used to be where it was primarily a still image platform because they're making more money Doing it this way. They're not going to get rid of the algorithm because they're making more money doing it this way. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't things politically that we should not fight against and fight for. I think we should. But I also think these kind of circumstances are mostly out of the hands of practitioners in illustration or, or wherever market industry you find yourself in. And I think what happens is if you get so caught up in the obstacle you will miss the opportunity because every shift creates a new opportunity. And the people that I've seen that don't wanna be on camera, that don't wanna be on their work, that have seen this as an opportunity, have done these incredible things on TikTok and Reels where they're packing orders, just showing their hands. You know, they're, they're showing the process of what they're making. And guess what? There's this incredible opportunity right now to make your Illustrations and put them to your favorite musician's music online. Like tie your brand with their music that's never been able to happen in the history of time just because of copyright so these new opportunities new platforms where you can set your illustration process to your favorite music means that you're having these new opportunities of branding which you know branding is just positive associations associating you with this is what I'm like I'm like an illustrator that loves Waxahachie which is my my favorite musician right now (laughs) and so those are the kinds of things we can do right now. And if you're so caught up in the fantasy and the obstacles, you're going to miss the opportunity that is here right now. And so the reality of right now is that no one is working to find you. Talent scouts are more or less non-existent. It used to be that record labels would have to pay someone to go out to the bars to find the next big thing. They don't have to waste that salary anymore because they can wait for the cream of the crop, so to speak, even though it's not a pure meritocracy, to rise to the top on the internet and just pick and choose. Yeah, that's the reality. In some ways, that's worse. But if you get stuck in the fantasy of going back in time where someone's going to just trip and stumble upon your greatness, you're gonna miss the fact that that period of time was much more of a lottery and now you can live in Columbus, Ohio and you have tools and tricks and ways of working towards a place where people discover your thing without you ever leaving your studio. That's the reality that we live in. Those are the opportunities that you have now and where it used to be much more luck-based did the talent scout happen to be driving through your town on its way to this bigger festival and pumped gas and met you like that. Yeah. If you happen to be the one out of a million that that happened to that, that reality was fantastic, but we actually live in a time where you have so many tools at your disposal to work towards something. Instead of waiting for the lottery, you can actually earn a paycheck. So the first thing you got to do is subtract the fantasy. And again, I just want to highlight that, Laura, this is, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not refuting you. I know when you're up doing stand-up comedy that you're joking. That's the whole idea. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, but first thing you got to do is you got to subtract the fantasy. If you want to add the actual opportunities of reality. Okay, so the first thing you got to do is subtract the fantasy. The second thing you got to do is add addition, add your talent. Add what is your special thing And I just want to get real for you one second. The reason why, over the past 300 or so episodes, we've revisited this idea of the lack of the talent Scout. We've done it you know two or three times really, in a serious way, is because I think it is one of the most unhelpful creative myths on offer at the moment and the reason why is because if I could tell anyone not just creative people anyone one thing if I could only have you know Tim Ferriss has this question on his podcast that says if you could put a billboard up anywhere and and have millions of people billions of people see it what would it say and I would say find yourself do whatever it takes to find yourself I believe that we actually exist in a time where finding yourself has been relegated to the fantasy of the talent scout discovering you. If you have talent, you will be discovered, that kind of idea. Or to 30 minutes in a high school guidance counselor's office saying, here, you know, take this little quiz. Looks like you should be an accountant. You know, that that's how much time and energy we actually put to finding ourselves. And I think it is a massive tragedy because guess what? You have inside you the most complex inner machinery in the known universe. And not only that, because of your DNA, it is the only one of its kind. And we take very little time, I mean very little time, Really taking that opportunity of this reality seriously. Do you know how valuable, you know, diamonds are valuable because of their rarity. You are incredibly more rare than that thing. And have you taken the time to find yourself? If Tom Hanks knew no one's coming from the get-go, he wouldn't waste his time gathering sticks and writing in the sand, help, because no one's coming. No one is coming to find what's unique about you because they can't. No one can do the work for you. It's this deus ex machina thing and storytelling that we hate. It's the idea of like, um, you know, being saved from without. It's this idea of like if some being, some super all-powerful divine being or some guide or helper comes in and saves the day, For the hero it's not satisfying it's not satisfying because the truth is no one knows the inner workings of your brain and your talent and your soul and spirit like you and no one will be able to pull that sword from the stone that's the whole idea of sword from the stone let's go weird on storytelling for a minute carl young would say like all these stories we tell they're not about things that happen out there in the world that's not why we relate to them because like, yeah, yep, I remember pulling my sword from the stone. No, that doesn't happen. The the love interest, the, the the sword and the stone, the weapon, the guide, all that stuff, it's happening within your own mind. And if you don't take upon yourself the epic journey of finding yourself, I'm talking decade. I'm talking maybe even multiple decades to find what is it that I have that's unique, that can serve humanity, you will miss out on it, waiting. One of my favorite ideas comes from Stephen Pressfield. A lot of times, if you're trying to find truth. You're going to find ideas that then you see in other places. And this is one of those, one of those patterns that I saw before I ever ran into this idea was just this notion that a lot of artists have a career before their real career. You know, Fred Armisen was a drummer and didn't get onto Saturday Night Live until he was 36, Okay, so that is actually really common for people that find a massive inflection point, but you will miss it if you don't know that you're looking for it, if you're not Actively trying to find yourself, you'll be doing what Epictetus talks about. The philosopher, he says, you can't find what you think you already have. And the thing is, is that in the creative world, we're going to circle back to Stephen Pressfield. Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But in the creative world, there is so much pressure to be a overnight success in this young gun at 22 genius creator that we pretend like we have it. And if we pretend like we have it, we'll never never look for it, we'll never find it. And so Stephen Pressfield says that there's two journeys in the creative world. We've talked about it a few times on the show. The first one is to find what you have. That's the hero's journey. And then once you find the elixir, the artist's journey starts. I just encourage you, no one's coming look at the stars use the constellations find out where is this island which way do i need to head out find yourself because no one's looking for you okay and so you've got to put in the time what that looks like is a season of your creative journey where you are pivoting and gritting your way you're trying something new, you're gritting, you're really digging in until you're sure it's not that and then you're pivoting a different way. Did you know before I found kids books, storytelling, public speaking, podcasting that I did editorial work, advertising, infographics, branded content, character design, book covers, blogging, print making, a whole different podcast I started making, creative events. I was even a rapper. Well, I tried to be a rapper. It was awful. But I I put my hand in there. I dipped my toes into those waters. Lots and lots and lots of waters. Lots of things that I said yes to. You know, by the time that I did the talk that led to my deep passion of storytelling, this podcast, and and even in an, in another way, kids books. I had already been so burnt on public speaking by bombing a few times that it took me years to say yes to that thing again. But I thought, you know what? What the heck? I'm trying it. I haven't found it. You know, one of the things I'll say, and this could get a little tricky because I'm not I'm not positive this is true, and I think it can kind of get in your head. But uh, we'll get back to this in a minute. How do you know if you've found your thing? Well, I think whenever I hadn't found my thing, and and sometimes it's you know it's usually elaborate web of things put together that make your thing your thing. We've talked about how like Hamilton, we've talked about how Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, for him, his thing wasn't rapping. It wasn't history. It wasn't theater. It was this weird amalgamation of those things. He's not the best rapper in the world. He's, he's not, he's not the best historian in the world. He's not the best at theater, just pure theater. It is, it was the combination of those things that really took things to the next level. So it's not just that black and white, but. How do you know if you found it? I think all the times before I really found some true threads within my creative path, I thought that I knew what it was. And I think you need that delusion. You need to think that you're onto it. You need to think that maybe this is the one. Every single path you try, I think you got to have that hope. And there's a lot of good things that come from each and one of those things. Nothing is ever wasted. But I think there's a on those paths, you think that you know. And then I think there's a time when you get it, you know, that, you know, and it's just a totally different thing. I had Brian Ray, who is just this incredible illustrator does work every week for the New York times and in modern love section has these great books like avoid this, you know, I talked to him recently and I think he's just a little bit older than me. And he said that he just feels like he found it. And he was talking about, he's been an illustrator the whole time. He's still talking about illustration, but he feels like he just started to scratch the surface on what this illustration thing is all about and what his flavor of illustration is all about in the past couple of years. And I think about like Steve Carell started the office at age 43. Okay. And I just feel like in our culture, we have this this fantasy that we live in that says that at 18, somehow from on high, We're going to be discovered or not. And then we're just not one of the lucky ones. But if you will take the journey of finding yourself, of finding that talent and adding it to the mix, seriously, by saying yes, by trying things, by admitting that you might not know. And by the way, that's such a, creative core value of mine that even though I feel like I know that I know I've been working in these very particular creative flavors for about seven years i have been really I feel like that's that was a true inflection point I still have to have this openness to experience that says I, I don't want to be too quick to, to say that I know that I know because guess what in 10 years I might find a new layer to that skill that just makes everything else pale in comparison because I don't want to think that I already know in such a way that I'll miss it, right? That's a, it's an actual posture of reality is just staying humble, staying teachable, staying awe-inspired, being open to being surprised in life. All right, we'll stay on the math theme because that's what I decided I was going to do. Okay, subtract the fantasy, add your talent, find your talent, add that to the mix. But guess what? That's not the end of the journey. Step three is divide. We subtracted, we added. Now it's time to divide your time. OK, because guess what? Just because you found your talent, you know your thing, you know what your secret sauce is, doesn't mean you can just bottle that up and sell the sauces at the farmer's market. You got to give them the whole burger. You got to let them have a taste. You know, when you go to the farmer's market, right, sometimes they got these people and they're selling these proprietary blend of herbs and spices and a nice little resealable, you know, recyclable. uh <laughs> Little pack, right? And they're like, "These are so good." You <laughs> I bet you're listening. Like, where is he off? No, I'm bringing it back. Listen, they have these herbs and spices, and like, let me tell you, I'm like, "What do I do with this thing?" They're like, "You gotta mix it with some sour cream, put a tablespoon of this into a into a cup of sour cream, stirred up. Best chip dip you ever had in your life." Now, guess what? They tell me that. Guess what? All I have is the word of this stranger right? Believe me, this is secret sauce, man. You just put it with the rest of the stuff, taste it, and you'll know. Well, guess what? Why are you making them do all the work? Why are you making them bet on you, believe you? You're a stranger. Why are they going to give you a taste? Why are they going to give you the work? What you got to do is even if you don't sell sour cream, bring it to the farmer's market, mix it up and let them taste it. <laughs> you Listen, farmers, that's a big demographic of this podcast. That's how you get them to buy your proprietary blend of herbs and spices. Proprietary is one of the most fun words to say. But here's what I actually mean. Sometimes, even though you're a bassist, You gotta play all the instruments. Paul McCartney, I think when they were recording for Wings Band on the Run, he's waiting at the studio. He's waiting for every other band member to show up. But guess what? This guy knows that if you wait when you should be working, you're gonna miss it. And so guess what he does? He just starts recording every instrument's part. And yes, he's not a drummer, but he could get the job done. He doesn't make sour cream, but he can bring a little bit and mix it in so that you can give him a taste so he doesn't miss it, man. Okay? If you're an illustrator, I suggest you write. Even if you suck at writing, get into writing. If you are a writer, make some drawings for your for your articles. Do you know how many cool, like, uh, internet sensations came from terrible illustrators who were great writers who just paired those things together? Like, it's an incredible thing. If you're an actor... It, it, And you're a terrible writer, write a movie. You're a terrible director, direct a movie. And you say, Andy, I don't want to learn a new skill. I just want to get good at what I do. But how many actors have said I didn't get good at acting until I directed? Even if they were never good at directing. I feel like I never got good at illustration until I started writing articles. Because all of a sudden it showed me like, oh, this is what the illustration needs to do. It needs to say something different. It doesn't need to repeat. And, and I could tell you all kinds of other things that I learned from writing articles. And I'm not the best writer. I'm not, I'm technically terrible. I'm not good at grammar. But it reminds me of something that a, a creative lore that you hear all over the place from Steven Tyler, lead singer of Aerosmith. He calls it dare to suck. Good Lord, dare to suck. Plaster that on your wall. That is the game of creativity. He said that the band has these weekly meetings where they all come with ideas that they think might very well suck, but they have a safe space to explore them. And he said some of our biggest hits came from those meetings. And and I have this new theory that says, one in 10 things that you make has greatness in it and so you can either be like well i guess just one out of ten things i make is going to be good and then i'll just have nine other terrible things in my portfolio no what that means is if you make 50 things this year you might have five that are great and so that requires having i don't know the math i'm getting off here but i think it's 45 times where you dared to suck. One of the things that I think is just so detrimental is everybody wants to be Radiohead man, and I've talked about that till I'm blue in the face on this podcast, but everybody wants to have this perfectly curated path. And it is just that is the exception to the rule. And if you try to be that, if you try to be that, being the, trying to be the exception to the rule means you're trying to Fund your life and and say, you know what? I don't need to worry about my retirement. I'll just win the lottery. That's what it is to plan on being the exception. And so you don't have to be the best drummer. Give those proprietary blends of herbs and creative spices some context. Give them it in a context where they can taste it as it was meant to be tasted. Play all the instruments. Divide your time Not just focusing on what you want to get good at, but at the things that you suck at because it actually might even make you better at them. And it'll let them not just have to take your word for it that you're a great actor, but see it in real time. Do you know how many bands were formed? Because some musician is watching a band play who's totally awful, but they're like, man, this band sucks, but the drummer is awesome. I'm talking to them after the show and I'm going to start a new band. And it can only happen if you dare to suck and you divide your time. Okay, that's some good stuff. I mean, I feel like this is, Andy, in the past, look, man, this is essential. And what I mean by this is you got to, it it, it doesn't matter if you're not an audio guy. It doesn't matter if you know how to put on an event. It doesn't matter if those are all areas where you're not gonna be the greatest. You've got to put this herbs and spices in some sour cream you got to put those stories in a context where people consume them and number four is multiply math we're doing the math thing multiply your talent subtract the fantasy add your talent divide your time and multiply that Talent. When you subtract the fantasy, you see the actual opportunities in your reality and you go find your talent and you divide your time and put that talent in some sour cream and people actually get a taste of it. Guess what? A dairy farm shows up and they say, we make sour cream. Let's put our heads together and make the greatest dip of all time. And guess what? You put those things together and all of a sudden, it's greater than the sum of its parts. This dip, you're tasting it and you're like, I don't understand how this is just herbs and spices and sour cream that changed my life. Guess what? Now the dairy farm and the herb farmer can go to heights that they could never touch alone. That. That is the goal of the creator. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a singer-songwriter. Your best thing that could ever happen to you is you find a producer that sees something in you and edits the stuff that dared to suck and did and elevates that secret sauce. Like, that is what it's all about. And past Andy, here's what I'm telling you, man. If you will dare to suck, if you'll quit living in the fantasy, there's this thing that's going to happen. Bill and Chantel from Skillshare are going to come to your studio and they're going to help you with the help of the video guys from Pending Beautiful, Connor and Jordan and your agent, Ryan Appleton and and your wife, Sophie. They're all going to come together and and there's going to be a crew of video people and they're all going to be in the same room and we're going to be making this thing that is beyond your capabilities, it's nothing you could do on your own. And they're going to put this amazing animation in it and they're going to cut it and they're going to add jokes to it and characters and they're going to suggest funny things and new ideas. And you're going to, because you have not been waiting, but working, you have seven years of material to pull from and you're going to put it in a concise place that you've never been able to do before. And some of those people will be like, this guy's a moron, but other people are going to be like, Whoa, that's some tasty chip dip, man. That's going to happen. It's going to be incredible. And I want to just camp out on this idea for a second, this idea of multiplying your talents, because it's not just an idea. You know, I feel like if you don't want to wait around The whole episode is about, you don't want to wait around for a talent scout. You want to be working your way towards a talent multiplier, towards collaborators, that when you get in the room, all of a sudden something's present that's not present in any of you individually. And I actually just want to get weird for a minute and say, I think this is the purpose of the universe. There is a spiritual talk by Rob Bell. It's his 2016, Everything is Spiritual. Make sure it's the 2016 one if you want to go check it out because he had an Everything is Spiritual the first tour, which is a totally different talk. But in that talk, Rob Bell, the whole thing's kind of about this idea, quantum physics kind of scientific idea of emergent phenomenon that's attempting to explain consciousness. Now, if that's not your thing and you're turning off, just hold on a second. I'm just going to explain it real quick. The idea is that this whole universe is built on bonding and relationships and things letting go of their ego, letting go of their own individual identity and coming together to be part of something bigger. Subatomic particles come together to become an atom. Atoms come together to become a molecule. Think about water. For water to exist, it become its own thing that is neither present in hydrogen or oxygen. Hydrogen and oxygen have to let go of being what they are and come together and be something greater than they can be alone. And it doesn't stop there. It goes from from atoms and molecules to cells, to tissue, to organs, to, to beings, to neurons, to consciousness. There is no place in you that consciousness exists. It exists in the space between the neurons. But that is like everything. And when a team comes together... A team is, is nothing besides the space between people. It's an emergent phenomenon, and it's a powerful thing. And yes, bad things, you know, corporations are an emergent phenomenon. Some bad things can happen, but I really truly believe that our purpose on this planet is to figure out how to organize ourselves in such a way where our best qualities, our talents are amplified. And I think we should keep working until we can do this, because what Rob Bell says is that if we do that, we are going to create something that the universe has never seen, a truly new thing. And in my tiny, minuscule, little way, (laughs) making this little, tiny YouTube series, I feel like I tasted a little bit of it, because when I watch it, I don't see me. I see Bill and Connor and Chantel and Sophie and Ryan and Jordan and Trevor and all these other people and Jack. There's so many people that put this thing together. And it's just the greater than the sum of its parts. And I feel like if you will work to just do your tiny little part of finding yourself and dividing your time and finding those talent multipliers... The rest of us will be better off, and you will find what it feels like to be something bigger than yourself. And I hope this is just the start of the journey, because I'd like to do so much more, but it gives me a lot of joy to think that creators might be a little bit more encouraged to be their best selves today because of this thing that we made together. Okay, I just want to end this by sharing one of my creative fantasies. So one of my creative fantasies is that I would be discovered by the great Allison Jones. Allison Jones is one of my greatest heroes that a lot of people probably don't even know exist. That's just how hipster I am, baby. (laughs) But uh, Allison Jones, I just dream of meeting her and her looking into my eyes and be like, You've got it, mister. You've, you've got it. And I'll tell you what it is. I will tell you who you are. And if you don't know, Allison Jones is this incredible casting director. If you don't know her, you absolutely, without a doubt, know her work because she has worked as a casting director on, I don't know, little things like Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Office, Freaks and Geeks, the Good Place, Arrested Development, Ladybird, Beep, Bridesmaids, Parks and Rec, Boy Meets World, and Fresh Prince. This person has just given me gift after gift after gift of finding these creative talents and casting. These incredible people that went on to be a huge part of my life since childhood. And I just wish, sometimes I'm just like, man, I wish I could just be, you know... Pumping gas and Allison Jones drives up and she's like, I don't know what it is, but you've got it. And actually, I do know what it is. Here's what it is. Here's who you are and what you have. Here's your talent. I'm casting you right now. Now, I'm not waiting around and wishing to be discovered by Allison Jones. Because the reality is Allison Jones is never just going to come find me. And so I got to go on, I had to, I had to let go of those kind of ideas, find my own love of storytelling and picture book making and client work and make hundreds and hundreds of episodes of this podcast and travel to all these different states and even different countries with this creative work, all so that one day I can finally get to a place where I can get Allison Jones on this podcast and discover what I have. That's what this whole damn thing has been about. You thought I was trying to help you with your creative career. And actually it's all just an elaborate ploy to finally get to a place and a status where Allison Jones will be on my show. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Okay. That's not true. I haven't been doing this creative path for 13 years, just so Allison Jones would discover me. But then again, you never know. It might actually work. And who knows? Maybe I get her on here. And I worked and worked and worked and work. And I'm looking at her on Zoom or maybe it's a time where I can actually travel and I'm sat across from her in Los Angeles and I can be looking in her eyes and she says, what took you so long? I've been waiting for you. (laughs) Just just like Sophie does when she sat on the couch and I'm sat on the bed in in, in our room. But it's never going to happen past Andy. If you don't quit waiting and get started working. All right. So I hope that was super helpful past Andy. Cause we want to get here. <laughs> I hope that, uh, I hope y'all really love the new YouTube series and, uh, You know, honestly, it's the finish line of a dream. Like when I started this podcast seven years ago, I thought so many pieces to this that I am not good at. And I hope that at some point I get to a place where, you know, I find those talent multipliers and I can add the bit that I know I'm really good at and minimize all the other stuff. And this, when we first watched the series videos, that's what it felt like. It felt like this is what I always hoped it could be and um the feedback's been great and I, go check them out i hope you love them i hope you love this episode hope it helps creative pep talk is part of the Coloop podcast network Coloop is a network of creative podcasts designed to fuel your creativity make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast by going and sign up to our email newsletter creativepeptalk.com newsletter you'll receive an email each and every week with new episode so you never miss that plus you get instant exclusive access to the back catalog of episodes 1 through 199 thanks to y for our theme music shout out to alex sugg for our soundtrack thanks to sophie and uh, and ryan appleton for content assistance and massive thanks to uh connor jones and pending beautiful for editing the show so beautifully and thanks to all of you for tuning in each and every week Until we speak again, stay pepped up.